Our reading this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel and chapter 23. Luke 23, beginning at verse 26. As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him, and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and the hills cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. 
We thank God for his word. Amen. There's a, a word that uh, kind of sums up what was happening on, uh, on Good Friday. Uh, what we saw was mankind at its worst. And what we see in the crowd, in the mocking voices, in the insults that were hurled at Jesus was hate. And sadly, we still live in a world where we see hate in the faces of people who still want to cause other human beings harms, whether it be the terrorist or the football hooligan, the racist, or even the Christians with their placards of hate about one group or another. We still live in a world of hate. But Jesus, throughout his ministry, confronted this hatred. To the bloodthirsty zealots, he insisted, love your enemy and bless those who persecute you. To those who are often vengeful, he upped the tally for required acts of forgiveness from seven to seventy times seven. But Jesus did not just teach this. He lived it. And on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And so what Jesus does is he takes this word, hate, and he reminded the disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. But Jesus came to change the world. And what I want to do this morning is to change this word hate. I'm beginning by removing the letter H and replacing it with a G. We get the word gate. And Jesus said in John's Gospel, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it in the full. Jesus says that he is that gate. He is that gate that if people pass through it, they will leave hatred behind and receive eternal life. Jesus in his death on the cross provides a way, a path, a gate, which people if they pass through it will be saved. In Luke's gospel when Jesus died, we read that the curtain in the temple was torn in two. The curtain in the temple, of course, was the curtain that separated all the people from the holies of holies. And when Jesus died, that curtain was torn in two 
So that separation, that thing that separated us from God was removed. And Jesus says, I am that gate which we all have to enter through. But he didn't stop there. If we change another letter, we get the word gave. And John again records the fact that Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. As Jesus hung on that cross with his arms stretched out wide, it was a picture of the width and the depth of the love of God. God gave us a gift in Jesus Christ. It was an expensive gift. It was a gift that cost him everything. It was a gift that he gave to everybody. But if we change another word, another letter, we get the word give. And we're reminded that this gift was not given begrudgingly. Yes, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus freely chooses to give up his life. As Jesus himself says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gives his life freely so that we may be set free. And when Jesus is on the cross, his life is not taken from him. He gives up his spirit freely. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it. And if we change another letter, we see why he gave it. Because he gave it so that we could live. Jesus gives his life so that we might live. After the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus, in explaining what was going on, he said to his disciples, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. Those of us that were here last night and uh, shared that Passover meal were reminded of the fact that in the Passover meal, part of that custom is the breaking of bread. And Jesus takes that Passover meal and he talks about the fact that this bread is his flesh and that the wine is his blood and that he gives it so that we might live. Jesus gives it so that we might live the life that God intends us to live. And then if we change one more letter, we complete the cycle from hate to love. 
Because that's what Jesus was doing on Good Friday. He was taking all the hatred, all the bitterness, all the sin upon himself. And he responds in love. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And this is what Jesus was doing on the cross. He was demonstrating that there is a different way to live. He demonstrates God's love to us. Rob Bell in his book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians, says, On the night Jesus was betrayed, a group of soldiers came with swords and clubs to arrest him. They came with swords and clubs It's the only language they know how to speak. Jesus' disciples are outraged and one of them takes out a sword and starts swinging and Jesus tells him to put the sword away. For things to change, Rob Bell says, someone would have to have the courage to put away the sword forever, regardless of the consequences for his own security. No matter how tempting it is to pick it up and to start swinging, someone would have to say, forgive them, Father, because they just don't get it. They just don't get it. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The dialogue that Friday morning was bitter from the onlookers. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. From the religious leaders, he saved others, but he can't save himself. From the soldiers, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourselves. Bitter words, acidic with sarcasm, hateful. Wasn't it enough that Jesus was being crucified? Wasn't it enough that he was being shamed as a criminal? Were the nails insufficient? Was the crown of thorns too soft? Had the flogging been too short? For some, apparently so. They hurled their insults. We've broken the body. Now let's break the spirit. And yet, how does Jesus respond? Peter, in his epistle, says he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no regrets. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Max Lucado, in his book, No Wonder They Call Him the Saviour, talks about Jesus' response when he says, Did you see what Jesus did not do? He did not retaliate. He did not bite back. He did not say, I'll get you. Come up here and say that to my face. Did you see what Jesus did do? He spoke in their defence. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. How Jesus could speak on behalf of some heartless thugs is beyond my comprehension. Never, never have I seen such love. Father, forgive them, for they do not know 
what they are doing. God demonstrated his gift of love in Jesus' sacrifice and even at that moment of pain and anguish when Jesus was feeling betrayed and abandoned, his words are not words of hate, but words of love. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. As we stand at the foot of the cross and gaze at Jesus, we see this love demonstrated. And the challenge for us is to live as Jesus lived and to love as Jesus loved. And when we are confronted with hatred and bitterness and scorn, the challenge is to respond in the same way that Jesus responds. To pray, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgiveness is the gift of love that sets people free. We need to forgive as Jesus forgave and to love as Jesus loved.